The following is for information purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. All opinions and views expressed by the contributors to this podcast are in a personal capacity only. They do not represent the views of Progressive Equity Research or any other organisation mentioned in this podcast. Money never sleeps, pal. Good morning. It is Friday the 9th of February. Um, with me, we've got Jeremy McEwen, as always. And this week, we're joined by a guest co-presenter. We've got Alistair Stewart, who's one of the progressive analysts in the building construction sector. Alistair writes a monthly column in Property Week, and he's absolutely <laughs> steeped in the sector. He's known the building construction space for many, many years. And it's great to get his perspective because there's been quite a bit of news in that uh, market segment this week. So we'll, we'll hear from him later. But first of all, Jeremy, do you want to kick us off and talk through what you've been watching on the, the macro stage that the rest of us might have missed? Sure. So after last week's flurry of macro news on interest rates, inflation, employment data, this week's been much quieter. I think the sort of slowdown in China that we've been talking about in recent weeks and the deflationary impulse from what is the world's second largest economy is becoming a more prevalent concern reading the financial press. So yeah, quiet week, not much move in sort of macro markets. We've seen gently rising bond yields. Yeah, steady as she goes, I would say. Yeah, so all good on the, the macro front. But yeah, some interesting political developments. And uh, I think we've got a few things to look forward to next week. So we can we can catch up on that just right at the end of the uh, of the conversation. But uh, yeah. that's, that's all good. Um, okay. So one, one big thing that has happened this week, uh, a bit closer to home, is there's been quite a bit of activity in the building construction space and the, particularly the house builders. So Alistair, if you wanted to give us a, a couple of your comments on that, anything that you think is, is relevant for the broader market, it'd be, be great to hear your views. Sure. Um, well, the big news this week um, was the um, recommended all-share merger um, or acquisition of Redroll by Barrett, uh, who have been the uh, biggest house builder by volume for a long time, but were in danger of being overtaken by Vistry, another acquisitive company. I and pretty much everybody else in the sector was uh, totally surprised by it because um, back in 2007, Barrett was one of a whole swathe of companies that went into M&A frenzy. And that was months before the global financial crash. And Barrett went through a long near-death experience. So I, I thought I didn't think they'd do it again. But this time it is totally different in two regards. First of all, it's certainly not facing a cliff face uh, as it was back in uh, 2007, but we're coming out of a, a much lower slump, less deep slump than the last time. And the market's been recovering gently for the last three or four months, more on that later. So it, it's better timing, but even more important the last deal was very much debt fueled. This is pure equity. So I think it's it's a good deal for Barrett shareholders. But also, uh, it looks like Red Rose founder, Steve Morgan, who owns 16% of the company, has got a pretty good price, 1.44 Barrett shares for every Red Rose share, which puts um, Red Rose on about 1.15-ish times price to tangible book value when they had been languishing as, as had uh, the rest of the sector. So a good jam today price, but um, the opportunity for um, Red Room shareholders to become shareholders in the bigger 
group and get the jam tomorrow from the significant synergies and benefits of scale. That's good. So, so, so effectively, it's a safer deal because it's, it's funded by equity rather than debt. Yeah. And, and it's predicated on a market which is hopefully coming out of a, of a downturn, which has been relatively benign, as, as you've been predicting for some time. Certainly more benign um, yeah. than the last one. Yeah. So, so, so Alistair, those savings presumably are going to be consequential for some of the suppliers to this industry. Indeed, yes. Yes. Barrett reckons the combined group will have synergies. These aren't these aren't revenue synergies, but cost synergies of, of at least 90 million in two or three years' time. About a third of that is from procurement. The other two thirds is from office slimming down and so on. But it will give them greater uh, strength to the big players in the market. I think I've coined the term in, in, in the trade press in the last couple of days of a super league emerging. There were always five big players but following Vistry's acquisition of Galliford Tri's housing operations and then Countryside's and now Redrow, that sort of middle ground has uh, to a great extent disappeared. So the top five house builders are Barrett Redrow, as it's going to be called, and Vistry, who'll have capacity in the low 20,000s. Then you've got a couple, Taylor Wimpy, Persimmon, 15, 16,000. Some way behind, you've got Bellway, who could get up to about 12, 13,000. And then the next couple down, Gleason and Cress Nicholson, you're looking at two or 3,000 capacity. It's not, it's not a, a gulf, it's a chasm. So um, I think that uh, it definitely is a super league farming. That will have procurement benefits, as you, as you were suggesting, Jeremy, in terms of buying power. But it will also give the combined the, 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 the combined groups much more strength in the land market because they have greater overhead absorption on issues like planning and so on, which the smaller guys just can't keep up with. That's going to have to be addressed. So what you're saying is that this is a battle over land. Does that actually mean that we will now see further moves to consolidate in order for people to get their hands on on land as the market recovers? To an extent, but um, some of the other players out there uh, among the volume house builders, uh, sorry, uh, the next stage down, they've got their own issues, um, which uh, I won't go into, but they're not plain vanilla house builders. But there will be speculation. And it's interesting that Gleason and Chris Nicholson's share prices um, were among the better performers on, on the day of, uh, yeah. of, of the announcement. Cool. It doesn't mean that the game's over for um, good regional house builders, but they just have to really accentuate their USPs, I think. And for instance, Springfield Properties, one of progressive stocks, have a very, very distinctive village product, which we've uh, covered in our um, research, but also a wider uh, range of activities in the affordable housing and uh, tenure light models. So that's got good cash flow characteristics but it's either differentiate or probably get subsumed get squeezed okay so some really interesting m a news but there's also been a bit of news in terms of house prices and activity across the yeah yeah um well as i said i got wind really through uh, my grapevine of improvements starting in about october after three or four months of really really depressed uh, housing activity as interest rates went up it seemed to turn in October, not in September when most people come back from um, the school holidays, 
But bit by bit, the data um, has improved. But on the day of the result, the merger, and the following day, some really fundamental data came out. First on the um, day, uh, Halifax came out with its fourth consecutive monthly increase in house prices. And everybody focuses on the the year-on-year change of uh, plus Uh, 1.3%. But the key thing was the prices are actually now up 4.3% from the low point in September. So that was encouraging. But as I've said repeatedly, pricing is only one aspect in judging the health of the housing market. Much more importantly was yesterday, the RICS monthly report was pretty scintillating in most regards. Almost every metric was more positive and the trailing metric, house prices, while still falling, would indicate a slower rate um, of decline. But the really single important factor was buyer inquiries, which is a lead indicator for everything, had turned positive for the first time in two years. So I think we're on the path to recovery. Interest rates probably will fall by June, but whether or not the Bank of England does do that, the uh, the swaps market, which drive uh, fixed price mortgages, uh, have been declining pretty much every week since July of last year. Real wages are beginning to creep up, not so fast as to scare the Bank of England, but enough to make potential buyers feel more comfortable. Inflation's uh, dropping. And um, just today, Bellway and um, on Wednesday, Barrett were talking about reservation rates per site per week to about 0.6. They had got down to 0.3, 0.4, 0.5. But we're getting getting in the direction of the long-term average of 0.7. I think the market is improving. That's really interesting. There was another odd uh, indicator as well, um, more about house building activity a month or so ago. Van L, the foundation company that does a lot of work on the foundations for house builders and as such, the very first to see the benefits, they've seen actual improvements, not in uh, sentiment, but in actual activity. And interestingly, a lot of that's coming from London and the Southeast. The RIC survey was beginning to point at that, and London and Southeast had been one of the weaker markets. But also, there's an improvement in the home nations, as it were, Scotland, Wales, and now especially Northern Ireland in the in the last month. And I think Northern Ireland could be a very interesting property uh, market, and Belfast in particular, with the um, the political rapprochement uh, and the promise of greater funding from um, the UK government. Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, a really interesting week from the sector. And, and thank you very much for that. So a hugely valuable uh, uh, roundup that you've given there and, and clearly a, a material piece of M&A, but also backed up by some really positive, you know, sort of steadily improving metrics and, and, and KPIs from across the sector. So yeah, lo- lots to be positive about as we go in, into the, re- the rest of 2024. And, and to be fair to you, you've been calling that for some time that the uh, the downturn wouldn't be nearly as bad as, as people were predicting. Seems like you've been right so far and hopefully the positivity can, can push forward into the rest of the year. So yeah, lots to look forward to from the sector as we move through the year. So Gareth, what, what did you see this week? So there were a couple of... Um, company-specific bits of news that, that stuck out from a, a couple of progressive clients. We had Beaks with a fantastic trading update 
and some really strong signs that that business is moving to effectively a different level in terms of the scale of customers they're working with and the scale of deals that they're able to conclude. So there's a big step up there, both in terms of the performance of the business and then reflected in the share price. So a strong update. Shares up about 40% post the results. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very well received. I think they're, they're, they're proving that they can really deliver on the, on the world stage. So, so Our stock markets are moving to the cloud, <laughs> yeah. effectively. Well, they, it's been a, a, a slow but steady process, but, but yeah. once it really kicks in, it, it, can, it can make material differences to things. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely the way things are going. I think Beaks are doing a good job of delivering on that opportunity. Um, and likewise, uh, a diff- different sector, but, but equally pushing hard to deliver well. Sanderson Design Group, they've performed pretty well given the, the tough economic landscape they're facing across you know, much of the macro, much of the world. They're clearly benefiting from their focus on the US market, which is con- just continues to outperform, continues to power forward. And they've been for some time really pushing on that US space. So I think they're benefiting from that clarity of focus and the, the fact that they've been pushing everything to try and deliver in, in the States. And that's worked out well for them. Obviously, challenges elsewhere, but overall, they've delivered not too badly given the, the conditions in, in m- many of the European markets. And I think they've, they've benefited from that US focus. Jeremy, was there anything else you wanted to, to go through or should we have a quick look ahead um, to next week? I just thought I'd mention a few things that might be making the news next week. So looking ahead, we've got, having had a quiet week this week, we're back on the uh, treadmill of macroeconomic data. Uh, we've got UK employment data on Tuesday, where expectations are for a small increase in unemployment to about 4%, followed by US CPI data, which expectations are for an unchanged print for last month, 3.4%. Then we're followed by UK inflation data on Wednesday, where there's going to be a small uptick to about 4.2%. So probably questions being asked about whether the fight against inflation is actually over. I think there are some technical reasons to believe it is, but we might have a pushback uh, when we see that print next week. We've also got UK GDP data on Thursday, where I'm sure the media and other people will be keenly looking for evidence of a technical recession in the UK. I think we're probably going to avoid it, but you know, overall, the UK economy continues to be proving to be more resilient than I think most people predicted or feared uh, over the last couple of years. So, so we, we might get yeah. some headlines that look a bit scary next week, but but what you're Could saying be. is look look beneath them and understand the detail well, yeah. it might not be quite as bad as people might might jump on. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's all for this week. Thank you very much, yeah. both of you, Jeremy and to Alistair for your your sector comments. Very, very useful. And we'll catch up again next week. Thanks okay. a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. Brought to you by Progressive Equity. This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work.